Black Mirror Cracked, Episode 6, Black Museum. Before we get started, make sure you've watched every episode in Season 4 before you start listening to these podcasts if you want to avoid spoilers. We do talk about other episodes even within a podcast about one particular episode. There are lots of connections and, and things mm-hmm. to talk about. So please make sure you are happy to hear some spoilers or at least you've watched all the other episodes. Throughout this season, we have probably... The tones are, and the genres we're doing are much more diverse than we've done before. And then we've got Black Museum, which is like White Christmas. It's three stories in one. Okay. And it's a bit Stephen Kingish, a bit yeah. campfire to popcorn. So oh. so the tones of them are completely... Yeah. So more than ever, I, don't, I think people are not... Good. You know, it's the unexpected. It's, mm. you know, yeah. Every film yes. you could say, I have no idea. Tales of the f***ing expected. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Black Mirror Cracked, the Daily Mirror's Black Mirror Season 4 podcast. You have Ryan, me, and me, Sachandrika, and today we'll be talking about Black Museum, which is the finale of Season 4, kind of three-part structure. What's what's our immediate feeling about Black Museum? Do we like it? Oh yeah, yeah, I, I really liked this episode. Um, I haven't watched it as the last episode myself, just because we didn't know what the specific episode ordering was at the time. But this would be most people's last episode. Yeah. And it's very fitting for that. And yeah. Yeah, I think it sums the series up really well. So one of the interesting things about it is it's a three-part structure, which is like White Christmas. Mm. And you really need to have watched the first two stories in order to understand the third one. So the first two stories introduce bits of tech that then come together and make the third story possible. Mm -hmm. So should we get into what happens in these three stories? Yes, sure. So we'll start off with the beginning of this surrounding material. Um, Nothing too much important happens there, um, but there is some interesting little little things to notice. So Nish, I believe, is the main character's name. She is charging a device on her car engine and then enters the nearby Black Museum. We, uh, I, At the time, I assumed just because it was there and she needed a waste of time, but we soon see that this is totally planned. Um, and tours don't start yet, but the, uh, the tour guide for the museum, who is called Rolo Haynes, the museum owner, assumedly as well, lets her in early. So he's played by Douglas Hodge, who is also the night manager. Yes, yeah. I, I'll be honest, I didn't recognise. I didn't recognise. I don't, I don't recognise most of the actors in this. Um, they definitely seem to be hiring people based on talent rather than fame. Yeah. Which yeah. is good. As the, And, you know, everyone is always great in, in, in each of these episodes. Um, and Rolo checks her bag on her phone, and then they walk through into the museum, and we see our first sort of first callback that many people may have missed. Um, it was in the trailer. It was in the trailer. Ah, it was in the trailer. But um, yeah, it's a slight callback to um, White Bear, um, just the main character. Victoria Skillane. So White Bear was um, the story of a woman who's in like a theme park of despair almost. And yeah. they, they bring her out and people throw things at her and punish her and it's horrible. And then she finds out at the end of the day it's because she helped her boyfriend at the time um, abuse a child and so she's punished every day her memory is wiped and then the same thing happens the next day and it's interesting because i'd say that we also look at the crowd who are punishing her and kind of think well who are who are they why do they get pleasure out of doing that so it's interesting that she is part of this universe mm-hmm. as well one of many callbacks and what do we think of rollo when we meet him rollo haynes is he what's how do you make you feel doesn't i mean nothing really it seems a bit out of place and a bit odd that this place is it's empty. It's a bit odd. He seems a bit odd, I suppose. Bit, a bit 
creepy. A little bit, yeah. And um, I think this might be a kind of, when you see, see a young girl go into that situation, you're a bit like, is she safe? Mm. He, yeah, he's, I don't know. He gives you a bad vibe, I think. And so um, they look around, you know, all the exhibits in the museum and they get to their first story, which is based on a Pendulette story called um, The Pain Addict, which was written 36 years ago. So yeah, old story. Back the 80s, uh, early 80s. So did you know the story? Before? No, I didn't. I, I really quite like Pendulette and his work. Um, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware that it was based on a short story. I'd, I'd heard of the story. I'd heard of the, the thinking behind the story. So basically... Um, I haven't read the story, but I'm extrapolating from this episode that sure. someone finds a way to get turned on sexually by pain, essentially, mm-hmm. and that's that's what happens in the first first segment of Black Museum. Mm. Um, so yeah, so what what goes on? Um, so the main character is Dr. Peter Dawson. Um, they make a point of saying that this is in uh, the San Junipero Hospital. Oh, um, there's there's a, several references about this short story. That call back to San Junipero, which is quite interesting. And even the tech that's used, um, they mention how that was built upon to make the tech for San Junipero. We find out later that Rolo was um, was employed by TKCR. I always get them in the wrong order. TCKR, the company mm-hmm. that that's in San Junipero and makes that tech, which is really interesting. Yeah, so it's without a doubt the Black Mirror universe is all interconnected, mm. so, which is really quite interesting because I I don't think there's been any Nothing's confirmation of that before obvious yeah nothing that's straightforward they've they've reused songs like the um anyone who's ever loved song mm. and um there have been some hints and things like that but this, this is obvious this is look this has happened in the past yeah it's part of our history it's really interesting yeah really interesting um so yeah so so Rolo was working in kind of medical tech mm-hmm. and um i guess that has a vast potential for abuse mm-hmm. um, but you're not really sort of thinking that yet um, he plays someone who works in a hospital and sees a doctor who takes it really badly when his patients die Yes, and so he, he invites him to come in as a guinea pig for this tech that kind of helps him feel where the patient feels pain so he can mm-hmm. then um, diagnose the patients more easily and more quickly is that is that fair to say? Yeah yeah they, they first wanted it to be uh, to share knowledge which yeah. plays on the second story in this because it is almost like that tech was supposed to be able to share consciousness entirely, like mm. move over consciousnesses, which is what happens in the second short story. Mm. But it ended up just being a pain receptor. Mm. And yeah, so this doctor takes it. Um, he has like an implant put in his head, which seems to happen in a lot of Black Mirror episodes. Okay, <laughs> a, yeah, a lot of, a lot of implants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the patient will wear like a hairnet and then he can feel the pain they're feeling um, in order to diagnose them. And, you know, he ends up saving many lives. Yeah. Saves loads of lives. Tons. As many as this has spoilers. Um, <laughs> tons of lives. Um, he even ends up using it in the bedroom so he can experience both male and female orgasms at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird. It's a living. It is a living. It's a way to live. And, um, and then... What point? At some point, the pain starts becoming eternal. So, is it someone dies? Why the senator is brought in, and he um, can't tell what's wrong with him properly because he's never felt it before. Turns out he was he'd been poisoned, and he basically experiences death. The person he's hooked up to dies, and he experiences death, obviously without dying, and it 
they mentioned that it sends his uh, implant haywire a mm. bit. It sort of screws with it a little bit. And um, then he notices that he's getting like a sexual kick out of out of the pain receptor. Um, so he starts enjoying patients' injuries. Mm, um, yeah. Has Weird. quite violent sex. Yep. Um, yeah. Instead of upsetting his partner, like she starts to get kind of... I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But he he pushes that. Yes, his need his need to kind of fulfill what he now receives as pleasure is is more important than other people. And you see see the signs of someone who's going mad and, and is dangerous. And then it kind of culminates in him actually murdering someone. Yeah, eventually he murders like a homeless man, stabs him. I mean, before that he he completely ruins his body, pulling out his teeth <sighs> and slicing parts off of him because yeah. he gets. Um, he gets taken off of the hospital basically because he, yeah. I think he allowed a patient to die even when he wasn't on shift just so he could feel death yeah. again. Um, yeah, cuts up his body, then kills a homeless man so he can feel pain again. In typical Black Mirror fashion, just quite messed up. <laughs> it is quite messed up, but then it's it's got an interesting philosophical element to it of um, if you could feel someone else's sensations, could you understand them? Mm. I'm not sure we always do actually, and also, what does it do to you? So that there's a kind of gimmick of all the death, the death of someone. He experiences it, but he doesn't die, and so it it drives him and the implant insane. But yeah, it's you don't know where they're going to go with that story. It's such an interesting concept, and they take it really far. Really. Yeah, there's sort of amazing visuals of him like hacking away his face, pulling his own teeth yeah, out. Yeah, it's really yeah, he's really ruined himself and. Yeah, it's quite morbid and quite really interesting. And then he ends really up in a he 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 his ending is off stage. He ends up in a vegetative state. Yeah, because I'm told about him. Rolo is narrating all of these short mm, stories, so yeah. I'm not sure we even get that much dialogue off of the Doctor himself because no. most most of it is just told by Rolo. And yeah, apparently he the. They don't confirm that this is what happens, but they say that legend says that he's in a hospital somewhere, still smiling from that last death with the homeless man. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to a picture of him, and he has a very large erection under does. that bed sheet. And I think at that, at that moment for me, that makes me really worry for Nish, that this creepy guy in the middle of nowhere who has it in his property, and he searched her bags and he searched her belongings, and he's telling her this creepy story including the boner, as he mm-hmm. puts it. And to her, it makes me think she's not safe. And she laughs. She laughs at others like, oh, you, you, you're you joking about the boner. And he's like, oh, yeah, ha, ha, I, I embellished. But it makes me start to really worry that she is not safe, that he mm. might hurt her. And that's really interesting that the story tells you something about Rolo and and possibly how he might treat this girl. Mm-hmm. Doesn't tell you anything about her necessarily, which is interesting. We don't think about that. She's like the innocent, the person who's come in. And so then we have the second story, which is almost more horrifying and tragic, despite not having such gory visuals like someone hacking themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no blood in the second one. There's a death, but no blood. Yes. So where do we go with the second one? So with the second one, we have Jack and Carrie, are the two main characters. Um, Carrie gives birth to a, to a baby boy. Um, within like the first minute, and then she's just hit by a van. A, a van. Um, they quick. Their courtship is dealt with quickly. Yes, yeah. We get all we need to know from it, really. Yeah. And she is uh, comatose. She's in a hospital, comatose. Um, the only way she can interact with Jack still is through a very basic old interaction system, where she can basically click and say yes or no whilst in a coma. It's like her brain's impulses. 
doing the clicking, I suppose. Yeah. She can't move anything. Yeah. She's got a locked-in, is it, is it locked-in syndrome? But she has a functioning mind in there. Mm-hmm. Her body doesn't work. It's absolutely horrifying. It's a nightmare scenario yeah. for anyone. So she is able to very quickly say yes and no as well. Yes. So she understands everything and she can process the thoughts, make a decision. And it's it's really sad. And um, Rollo, our guy, turns up again and he, mm-hmm. he kind of... He's he's a creepy kind of eavesdropper, looking in rooms, and you know you're really building up a picture of him that this medical tech could be for good, and he presents it as being for good for the good of people. But the way he goes about it, so creepy, he feels like manipulative. Yeah. He goes up to kind of people um, who are vulnerable and in horrible situations. He goes up to the husband. It's like, oh, you Carrie's husband. Oh, she's in a coma. Yeah. I can help you. There's something of um He's incredibly manipulative. Yeah, the magician or like a circus act I find about him. There's there's a flourish to him and a kind of old like oldie worldy charlatan to him. I, you just can't trust him. So he takes Jack aside, so basically I can I can inject Carrie's consciousness into your head and you carry her around with you. Yeah. Which I as soon as I heard that concept, I immediately thought, what happens if he has another relationship? Oh yeah, yeah. You you instantly. That's where start. you go. Yeah. You instantly, as soon as you hear that, you instantly start thinking about how badly that can go. Yeah. And I think anyone in real life would as well. I'm yes. not sure anyone would snap it up quite as quickly as, as they did. Well, that's a really hard question. I don't. I don't think Black Mirror tends to deal in unreal reactions. I think one one of the things um, we talked about when I interviewed Charlie Brooker and Annabelle James's co-creator was. Um, emotional authenticity and usually black mirror he has outlandish tech and um and that sort of thing but the human beings react in an emotionally authentic way usually mm-hmm. i think grief doesn't help you make the best decisions yes and you do experience a kind of grief even if someone is living but in, in a vegetative state absolutely really so you you think you would say no straight away no no i wouldn't say no straight away if that was you know my loved one being there of course really if that's the hard. only way you're realistically ever going to be able to hear them again yeah which is really you know hard. she had been in a coma for, for years it wasn't mm. weeks it was years um yeah it's difficult but then i would take more time to think about it and jack yeah. didn't um no. perhaps because carrie was able to press a green light and convince him to do it that's actually yeah that's a really good point it's a very compelling point that she she's says yes immediately the green light goes off and Rollo uses a phrase that he says a couple of times throughout the three stories um, well she's done the thinking she's done her thinking mm. he says it again later in that story and um, yes it's very hard when you have a, a, a sliver of that loved one yeah and that loved one say yes please keep me. oh god it's so it's horrible but yeah I think even then if, if I were in that situation I would think about it and think about how well i wouldn't have all of them i just have them in my head i wouldn't be able to interact with them in the same way i used to and you know it's something you would seriously think about um he says yes and he carries says yes. injected in his head and um they euthanize their body as well they make a point of saying that so there's no going back there's no putting that consciousness yes. back into a body that body's gone yes but yeah and then life for carrie resembles her sitting on a chair looking at a screen as if she's watching a as if she's in a cinema or something. Yeah, she's looking out through Jack's eyes and sees everything he sees, which is a huge privacy issue mm-hmm. as well. And um, it's, it's again, it's a bit like White Christmas's first story where um, John Ham's a kind of dating guru guy and he's looking through the eyes of the, the guy he's trying to help 
find a date and he's letting other guys on the internet watch through someone's eyes and, and like Archangel as well you're looking through someone's eyes mm-hmm. so in a sense the person who said yes please inject my dying or dead loved ones consciousness to my head that person has no privacy now they've agreed to it but they've lost their privacy and the person who's lost the body has to be this kind of intruder at all times so Carrie sees everything um there's one bit where he doesn't wash his hands after going for a wee and she calls them our hands yeah it's a very telling moment yeah that is yeah you can see where things are going to go wrong at that point yeah and she can feel everything as well yes so she's able to feel and taste everything that he's able to taste every hug of their child which i think for me is kind of the reason why they did it the reason why jack said yes so quickly so she can feel Papa's yeah. hugs and the look on her face when it's definitely the thing that compels her the most it's the baby sure. yeah it's a little boy um but then things things start to go it's, it kind of follows the way long-term relationships people get comfortable and then they get annoyed yeah and then do they do they work on it or not work on it and obviously she's not he can't stay in a relationship with someone in his head yeah also what's interesting is that people must be used to this tech because people see him talking to the person in his head and they don't say anything about it yeah everyone he interacts with seems to just know that this is a thing and it's very normal and they talk about it very normally with because he kind of argues with himself in front of the child and and it looks it looks like he's talking to himself which i found you know is that going to be concerning for the child but it, people are used to this technology and they know what's happening so jack finds a new girlfriend Whoa. that yeah exactly and it's always going to happen he's a young guy and uh his neighbour is is a nice lady. I think even before that, he's like starting to check out women. Yeah, starting to check out women. They um, end up arguing more, and she um, she you know disagrees with him, doing different things, and he eats he eats food she doesn't like to to, to is it you know, anchovies? Her. Or... Yeah, I think it was anchovies. She didn't like so he did to that punish to her. her. Yeah. She um, well, the worst thing about him checking out other women is that she can feel his erection growing. Yeah, so he can't goodness. even lie about that. Yeah, know? yeah. There's she no can... privacy whatsoever. No, which even the closest relationship in the world needs. You need to yeah. have some degree of privacy because yeah. people think things and they don't necessarily act on it. And there is zero privacy on his side. And it's a perennial, perennial problem with couples. The woman can see the man looking at other women. I'm not saying that women don't look at other men, but we don't tend to get caught even if we do it. And and that's always an issue in relationships, partner looking at other people and might maybe having a reaction, but that it might just be that and he's not then gonna chase after them. Yeah, sure. And also how far can he still say that he's in a relationship with Carrie? She's effectively dead. Or... Yeah. It's just a voice in his head really at this point. It's yeah. But again, I suppose that comes back to a running theme we talk about quite often which is what is a human being are they yeah consciousness are they uh you know so it it brings that's a theme that comes up a lot really yeah but that's because the show takes on a lot of uh sapping consciousness out of things and putting them into other things and that sort of thing it's quite a philosophical show when it yeah sure and there's a there is so many questions to be asked with that with that kind of topic so it's it's not difficult to see why they don't go into it a lot just before he meets this new girlfriend, his privileges are updated in his head. Yes. So that he is able to mute her, to pause her. Um, I believe there was an episode before that had a similar topic where you could pause other people, like mute other people effectively. Do you mean like, um, so they were, they're like a great outline? Yeah. So yeah, White Christmas has that. It's a little um, bit like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's really interesting, isn't it? And it's a bit like the cookies in White Christmas as well, that 
in the second story of White Christmas, again, John Hamm's character, um, he breaks a cookie in mm. by making her feel as though three months have passed and then six months have passed. Mm-hmm. But for him, it's in an instant. This is the opposite way around where um, weeks pass and the, and the child Parker grows up. But for Carrie, it was like a jump cut from yeah. she was in that moment and suddenly... And there's a horrible dawning realisation for her. She's like, oh, how's it nearly Halloween? Or oh, you've kept me on on pause for months. Yeah. And that, oh, that feels like a very cruel thing to do. It's very, it is very cruel. Yeah, it is very cruel because it was just an argument and he paused her and didn't unpause her for a very long time. You know, and he should really have considered what a horrible, that is quite a, that, even though she's in his head, that's a horrible thing to do to someone. I think really at that point their relationship was kind of over. Even when later on he gets with the neighbour, there is never a big argument really about him being with her. That doesn't happen in the no. episode. The concern is only ever, well, I still want to see my, my kid. Yes, it becomes like visitation rights, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, which just seems to happen mutually and there's no, there isn't a big argument about that, which is interesting. They both seem to mutually agree, okay, mute me during the week, you need your own life. She's, she yeah. must have come to terms with that. I think they must cut out a lot the stuff that we know from these kinds of films where you chart the rise and fall of a relationship. It actually, the, it's a very different kind of film, but Blue Valentine came to mind. So I don't know how well you know Blue Valentine, but it, it plays um, it plays a relationship along with the beginning, like the beginning scenes and kind of the scenes towards the end when they're breaking up. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of a common trope in, in films that the honeymoon period is so different to the rest of what a relationship is like mm-hmm. that to splice those scenes together is kind of quite a standard cinematic thing these days. And so for me, they took that out. We, we can fill in the gaps because we know how that that kind of narrative works. Yes, yeah. He's having a relationship beyond death in a way with someone. So it's not just a relationship. It's also he's gone through the stages of grief and he's got over her, which is yeah. awful when she still exists. Yeah. So interesting. Um, you, you'd never have to do that if you lost a, a loved one. You would, you would get over them, unfortunately, like without them existing. Mm-hmm. And, and so, this is weirdly what people might hope for when when someone's dying, but then you're a different person when you're no longer grieving. I suppose. Yeah, and, and he has got back to himself, and he's he wants to be in a relationship, and he met a nice woman. Not so nice, this woman to carry though. She's overly harsh, overly yeah. Cruel. Very much, very jealous, and I mean, if I kind of get it, get it a bit, like there, his ex is in his head, inescapable. And how often have we actually said that phrase about someone, about a partner, but didn't mean it like that? Yeah. So many, so you know, so many people have been out with someone who was not over their ex, and this is kind of the same, but not at all. Yeah, she's just there permanently and can see everything. Like she, she has no privacy from her partner's ex. Yeah. Which is very strange. That is a horrible situation. And surely that must happen quite often in this world where unlike Archangel, where they said, no, we're getting rid of the tech. Um, that's not, not real spoiler, is it? No. no. Um, here they, everyone seems to be on board with this tech at this moment in time. Things, things mm. change later. And uh, this governor is almost yeah, incredibly cruelly jealous yeah. towards Carrie, and uh, and she would quite like not to have her partner's ex in his head. Which is fair enough. It is, isn't it? But then 
if but it she means... is she you know she is very mean about the way in which she goes about it but... yeah harsh than I, I like to think i would be but who knows what you'd be like in the situation when they go to rolo to discuss their options she is very quick to yep we can delete her awesome it'll be like deleting an email she says and rolo's like yeah legally it's not killing someone and it's only Jack that says, "Yeah, but ethically it is. Yes, ethically, I'm, I am, terminating someone's consciousness. That's the end of a human being. Yes. Um, so they have another option, which is well. Before they get to that one, it's interesting. Again, Rolo says she's done her thinking again. Yes. Yeah, he says yeah. that again. So he's for me the repetition at the line. It's a very simple line, but it's so manipulative. It seems to push him well. Yeah, it does. It pushes Jack's buttons, and it's saying. Jack, these women in your life have made these decisions. You'd you'd be unkind to not to not go along with them. And he's he's monstrous, Rollo. Really, I oh, think. Yeah, yeah, already. Like, yeah. yeah, and and he is telling us the stories, but he can't even put himself in a good light. No, and which is yeah. How much has he changed these stories? <laughs> yes, he's completely an unreliable narrator. And um, I, I was just having this conversation earlier. We were both at lunch with a group of people earlier, but different ends of the table. And we were talking about how everyone is kind of the hero of their own story. No one does things thinking, I'm such a great villain. Mm. I'm so evil. Everyone thinks they're doing something for someone's good, yeah. if not only their own. And so what does Rollo think of himself? Cause he, he thinks he must just be doing good for science. Because it's medical tech and, and he might seem as guinea pigs that have fallen along the way. These are stories of guinea pigs and it didn't work, mm-hmm. but... He was instrumental in finding vulnerable people. And... Absolutely, it was effectively his job was to find vulnerable people to turn guinea pigs. Yeah, he's he's kind of an ambulance chaser, but yeah, not for insurance. And um, so the option they have seems really nice at first. They can inject Carrie into a different vessel. Yes, which is a which would have probably worked for everyone. It's very limiting. <laughs> it is a monkey. It's a little cuddly monkey and. Carrie gets injected in and Parker can hold it and she can feel the hugging. So that's great. That's, you know, that's what she wants. Mm-hmm. See her son grow up. But she can only have two kinds of response. Yeah, which is uh, monkey loves you and the other is monkey needs a hug. Oh, uh, These have become some of the most haunting phrases I've ever heard. It's horrible. Monkey needs a Imagine hug. Imagine that being your only way to interact with someone. Yeah, basically what she has is a similar setup to inside Jack's head. So like she's sitting in a airplane seat with a screen. Yes. But this time she has a smiley face button and a sad face button. Mm-hmm. And that's it because she doesn't have a, a second person's consciousness to speak to. She's not inside yes. the head of an animated human she's in an object and i thought quite interestingly they didn't explain the situation to parker this time no they didn't explain to that child this is your mum your mum is in here she can hear you they didn't explain any of that here's a monkey if you feel like you miss mum hug it and that's all he got from that he didn't he there was nothing explained to him further beyond that um, why do you think that is do you think the new girlfriend will get repercussions from parker when he grows up if she's still around yeah, I don't know what it, uh, it... It it did seem to be like they really wanted to push her away. Like, oh, we don't want to kill her because that's wrong, but, you know, as much they're, as we can push her away, the They're better. filing her away. Definitely. Yeah, and also I do think that Parker is going to have feelings about how his mother's consciousness was treated in the sure. future. This The new girlfriend is a stepmother. She's, she's going to have to answer to some of the things they've done mm-hmm. because she will see this boy grow up and... She was one who really instigated this get carry up your head and into this monkey. Yeah. And Parker's going to have to grow up and find that. 
a horrifying thing. Yeah. I mean, she even threatens the monkey, holds it up against a wall and sort of yelling it, which is a very strange, strange imagery, but also... Because Carrie starts going a bit insane. No one explained it to Carrie either. She just wakes up inside this monkey in wrapping papers. It takes her a while to work it out. And then she starts going mad pressing the buttons because if you were left with... Do you know what? She's, She's going back to the state she was in in the coma. Yeah, basically. Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good it's or bad? As basic, it's, it's effectively the same thing. But... but this time her audience is uncomprehending. The audience is her child who doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. She is in there. She's inside the shell. Whereas Jack understood that Carrie was inside the shell of her broken body and was saying yes or no, green or red. Mm-hmm. So this time, yeah, it's so much worse. They're filing her away and, and giving an, an audience that doesn't, doesn't understand her. Mm-hmm. It's really cruel it's very cruel it's a horrific outcome yeah and uh parker eventually just is bored of as any child would be with a toy eventually gets bored of it and then we sort of come out of the short story a bit and we learn from rollo that um the un ruled that doing that with inanimate objects was against human rights unless it has at least five <laughs> ways of interacting like five emotions Doesn't and she only had two feel like many five but so here she is in a glass cabinet still conscious which seems to really freak um, nish out she, it freaked me out she holds in it says monkey needs a hug yeah realizes that this is still a conscious being yes um, that's presumably been in a glass case for years unable to basically carrie's been condemned to an eternal coma yeah basically yeah it's pretty horrible it's not what you would hope for from all of this tech that that outcome and she can't be deleted because that would now be a crime yes so she's just sitting in a museum it's quite yeah i mean each of these short stories are episode worthy you know they're, yeah. they're individually episode worthy they're great stories yeah I, I love that one i love that one very much yeah and then for the last story which is actually the most important to the surround to the to the episode as a whole but is the shortest we have uh rollo takes nish behind the curtain that they mentioned earlier um to the weather girl killer um, who's popped up in all the stories actually yes yeah they he popped up on the news in one of the other short stories yes both uh, both of them um his real name is clayton but they call him the the weather girl killer it is like a hologram a digital copy of someone stuck in a cell. He looks miserable. Um, Rolo basically wanted to have a living Madame Tussauds of celebrity consciousnesses, which is horrible. What a horrible idea for a horrible little man. Um, but there were too many human rights issues, but they're allowed to do it with convicted killers. Pesky human rights issues. He's a, He's got a serial killer vibe. Yeah. This is someone who was not actually disposing of bodies, but he, tor- he tortures... Yeah, absolutely. He's worse than the person that he believes is a convicted killer. Yes. For sure. He's done far worse things than this man has. And this man debatably hasn't done anything. Yes. Do you think there's a big question mark over Clayton's innocence? Sure. Slash guilt. When Rolo first uh, is talking to him in the prison and is suggesting to him what what could be done, um, the man immediately is like, oh, you're, you're tech, are you? So you can do something with DNA. Those are the sort of words that yeah. an innocent man would say. Um, yes. That's the implication seems to be very heavily that he's innocent. He's, he's an innocent yeah. man, yeah. Um, which you know just makes it all, all so much worse. I mean, it what happens is wrong either way. Yes, it's almost irrelevant, but it just makes it a little bit worse that he 
seemingly is an innocent man, didn't do anything. So uh, Rolo asks to have his digital self's rights, basically, um, in trade for cash to go to his family in case he's killed, which Rolo pretty much knows is going to happen. He knows he's going to get the, the electric chair. Um, the man, as I suppose many of us would, feels, well, that's not going to affect me. I'll be, I'll be dead. That won't be me. Sure, sign that. That'd be money for my family. His partner? They didn't specify whether it was a wife. Or I, I think so. I think. I think Let's wife, go with yeah. wife. But she mentions to him when she visits him in prison, "You're selling your soul. This is you selling your soul," which is an interesting way to view your digital copy. Very interesting. I liked that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it, actually. Yes, um, it lives on after you die, which, as yeah. we know, it does with Carrie and. Um... It can feel, I suppose, which is mm. what we what we think souls do. The, the only difference to me is a soul is usually something inside a person. It's not a copy. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. But yeah, it's it's a really nice way of putting it, though. I quite like yeah. that, that to view your con- your consciousness in itself as being your soul. That's quite an yeah. interesting idea because and I'm getting really geeky here. But even in even in the real world, we probably will have at some point in the future, some way of being able to copy our consciousness or thoughts and memories of, of some of some sort, which seems super sci-fi to be saying, but that's why Black Mirror touches on these topics, because they're not completely out of the realm of possibility. They are close to the future, like not even massively in the future, but, you know, within a hundred years, this kind of thing could start happening. Well, does it make you think of, you know, you know, there was that robot, the, the first kind of very lifelike robot, Sophia? Yes. And can she be seen as a conscious being? Because she's, she's able to speak and mm. she wants their children. That's a really interesting Horrible, thing about her. And then she was asked what she'd call the baby and she said Sophia, which is both <laughs> sweet and kind of eerily terrifying. Yeah. And um, is is what she has, consciousness. It's a kind of mechanical it arises in a mechanical structure, but then I suppose the brain is a, a structure. Yeah, it's so hard to quantify what a, what consciousness really means yeah. to us. Because um, is it is it just tissue and chemicals that make us who we are, or is there something even above that that makes us the individual personalities mm. with all the frailties and positive things that we have? It's, it's a pretty difficult thing to comprehend, really. Huge debate. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a really huge debate, and and it's it is very interesting. What is the meaning of of what Rollo does? Is it cruel? Is it evil? It feels. I mean, Clay's Clayson's face is um, there's a is a haunted face with kind of these amazing jagged cheekbones, mm. um, huge eyes. You feel so sorry for him, and plus we think he's probably innocent, and he's in an eternal jail cell, and people can come in and pay to shock him, like he's in the electric chair. Yeah, for ten, 10 seconds they can electrocute him. Um, any longer than that, Rolo thought would possibly delete the copy delete yes. him forever but he doesn't want that he wants him to eternally be shocked and it seems that back in the day that worked that got so many people to the museum do you think it's a bit like virtual reality being introduced it's so interesting to people obviously a lot of weird people would be into this but a lot of people kind of are into black humor and yeah i don't know because just... it is just normal people in the in the museum at that point yes at the beginning that, maybe i'm just being too optimistic about humans but that seems unrealistic to me. I, I do think that other than the saddists and the horrible racists and stuff that do come to the museum yes. later on, other than those, the normal people we see in this museum at first doing this by their hundreds, I don't know if in reality that would happen. No. I, I think most people 
would have the common sense to be able to sit and think about well this person this is this thing was a human and it is feeling this and I think most people would find that disturbing and wouldn't find joy yeah. out of that even if they did think it was a killer I don't I think a lot of people I would be able to sing so. it. I I would hope so maybe that's me being too optimistic I mean, there are protests that they're mentioned their protests but also it is a bit like the modern day or future or futuristic version of people going to watch a hanging which they is, did in gigantic crowds and we think well we I, I don't want to see that but People did. Is it something more than just seeing someone die? Is it because they're they're interacting personally as well? That they are personally inflicting the pain. So it's a little That's bit more true. than even just watching a hanging. They're pulling the lever. You're the executioner. Yeah. Yeah. They are the executioner. And I don't know how many people would want to do that. It is a very interesting question. I'm I'm not into it, but this total power and control mm-hmm. over someone else for ten seconds, even if that's a digital copy of a person, and they get a little key ring that pops yeah. out as a reward with which seems to be a sort of another copy on the key ring on a little screen with him in perpetual pain. Yeah, screaming. The moment of him being shocked forever yeah. with him screening on, screaming on this little screen and it will, and he'll always be in that state on their yeah. key rings. Such a horrible, horrible, horrible Why thing. Would you want that? That's a horrific thing. Um, but hey ho, that's what happens. Um, yeah, that's what people go in their droves to see. But it seems the protests worked. It seems yeah. there were protests to get him out of this state, and it seemed that that did kill the business to the museum. So I guess it did click in the public's mind. Oh, that is uh, that is horrible. Makes you wonder how old Rollo is because he looks the same age in all the stories. But yeah. we really, we must have gone through a really long period of time because, particularly with Carrie's story, um, great social changes happened to make people say, "Right, we need to give people more than." two emotions yeah if we're putting them into their consciousness into an object so that that for me is probably a landmark ruling the un saying that so society really changed and and the first story is even further back in the past with the guy getting off on pain mm-hmm. um is that is that the thing we're missing do people have the pain receptors on them so, and get pleasure out of it or is is that why rollo likes it because he he can feel their pain as pleasure is that not a part of it of shocking people yeah. No, no, they didn't mention that. He just so, hates him. So he how just... are the pain receptors used? Are they used in any way? Mm. No. So what's the point of that first story then? Just a, it's very, it's kind of a bit separate. Well, they mention that that tech gets used for this tech and the San Junipero tech. It ends up evolving into these. Yeah, it, it, it is far less connected than the carrier. Yeah. Um... The museum becomes derelict people aren't coming anymore the protests worked people have realized that this is wrong the only people still coming are sadists people that enjoy watching people in pain mm. they specifically mentioned that rollo took money from a racist to shock him longer than he's supposed to be shocked or very close to the 15 seconds mm. that would have killed him and so now he's in a vegetative state can't feel anything really can't think he's standing there dribbling yes um clayton is you know, very close to being dead. His digital copy is very close to actual yeah. death. Third person to approach a vegetative state in mm. these three stories. Yeah, yeah. As these comas and stuff are very thematic in this episode. I think there is something about a coma that is very is nightmarish because you don't know what level of consciousness. Again, that word the person has inside, as you think they could be locked inside mm-hmm. their body, and that is probably one of the worst things you can imagine: the yes. diving down bell butterfly. So um, the digital copy is suffering mm-hmm. and might not last much longer. And then what happens is the wife comes to see him. And, it, and it's a bit like having 
having a relative with dementia or with a you know with a condition that has progressed so far that they're they're a Hosker themselves and yeah she just breaks down she's she's so devastated to see even a digital copy of him how he's being tortured it's a bit like he's a prisoner of war almost and and then someone coming home and and she goes and commits suicide after seeing that's actually even if you didn't believe the digital copies feelings mattered what happens to that digital copy yeah what happens to the people that knew actually sent someone over the edge yeah because for her it's like seeing him again and and then it was you know they did seem in love and to care for each other as a couple they Mm -hmm. are presented as two people very much sure together so yes it's devastating to see your loved one in that condition absolutely and so we then get to find out the real story behind nish Mm mm-hmm and all of me worrying about and was she going to be okay? And, you know, mate, I'm still right to worry, I think, because Rolo's a creepy guy. But turns out that these are Nish's parents. Yep. Which is incredible, incredible twist. And all along, Rolo's been like thirsty, he's too hot, and she gives him water. And in fact, the water was poisoned. She'd messed around with this aircon, and it was all a plan. And she, mm-hmm. her real American accent comes out. And it's just such a great yes moment of she is going to get her revenge above yep. her parents. And, you know, she does, I suppose, the ultimate revenge, which is he, as he's dying from poisoning, she copies over his consciousness and she puts it into the digital copy of her father. She, yeah. Which I guess you can put consciousness in a digital copy of someone, which seems odd in itself. That's like, that's like inception of yeah. consciousnesses and um, pulls the lever to kill her father, finally, put him out of his misery. Yeah. Um, for 15 seconds. In doing so, also killing Rolo. Um, but she gets that key ring with Rolo screaming perpetually forever. Yes. That screaming key ring, which she takes as a souvenir. Yes. She leaves. She takes the device that she used to hack the digital aircon. Gets in the car. She takes the monkey. She, she takes, takes Carrie. Carrie as well. And she lets Carrie watch Rolo die as well. She wa- Yes, that's important. Yeah, she let she... she so well, Carrie gets him. her revenge as well in this yeah. story, which is nice. And gets a somewhat of a better life, presumably, because she's been taken away. And uh, yeah, Nish gets in the car, hangs the screaming keyring. Always something up there on the to mirror. remind me the song that Nish plays. Yep. At the beginning and the end. Great song. And then we find that her mum's consciousness is sharing her mind. Like in the um like in the second story, like in Carrie's story, her mum is there. Yeah. And she says, Did a good job, Nish. And she's like, Thanks, Mum. Yeah. And then off she goes. So that her mum got to see it as well. Her mum, Carrie. Yeah, that means her mum got to see Rolo, see his yeah. ultimate end as well. And yeah, and I suppose you could see that as being a a happy ending. Is it as happy an ending as San Junipero's happy ending? No. <laughs> <laughs> really, Ryan, tell me more. <laughs> There's still a screaming man on her, yeah. on her mirror. And... In perpetual pain. A lot of people have died for, for the story to yeah. have happened. A lot of people have been in comas. It's um, been a lot of misery. It really has. And it's an emotional roller coaster of an episode in a way. And and it's great for that. It's great storytelling, really well structured. Up there with some of your top ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked this episode, yeah. Really yeah. good. Each of the three stories were really interesting. The interconnecting story was great. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favourites as well. I think it's uh, all, all of Black Mirror can be rewatched, I think. Oh yeah. Quite a lot. But this one there were little little details which will leave you to, to find more of, like little callbacks to other episodes. And uh, yeah, it's it's a really great finale to the season. Yeah, and uh, liked it a lot. I think very much up there. Some one of my best 
Black Mirror ones. Leaves me thinking, what else could they do with this series? There seems to be so many ideas left, and it seems to be that they're taking the same themes they've explored before and now expanding on it on some of these episodes. Are you seeing some some themes throughout the episodes? Consciousness definitely seems to be one. Yeah. Digital copies and that sort of thing, which yes. is fine because there's so much to explore with that kind of theme. And just privacy, which I suppose is even comes in its name because the Black Mirror means mobile phones and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, privacy and consciousness and that sort of thing seem to be the running themes of the series. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we get another series because there's. I think there's still so much you could do. And characters, maybe even some being brought back because it's interesting that they took the company that that invented San Junipero and mm-hmm. and all of that and and have a character who works for that company in in Rollo Haynes and have him narrating a whole whole series of stories so that was us on black museum thank you very much for listening we hope that you come back and read other reviews and listen to other podcasts on black mirror season four and we'll say goodbye now goodbye, goodbye.